0: Welcome. Please accept Jim and John's invitation to join them as they once again ask each other, what do you think about? Hey, Jim, a while back, we had a conversation about cryptids
1: native to Ohio. Do you remember that? I do indeed. Topic courtesy of super fanboy Alan. Yeah, it was actually. And
0: uh, during that conversation, we had talked about what I had seen in my headlines and whether or not it was a Loveland frogman.
1: Oh, it was the Loveland Frogman.
0: Well, I'm still unsure of what I saw. The Loveland Frogman! Well, I believe so too, maybe, but because it's extremely unlikely it was an alligator, right? So that's what it looked like to me, was an alligator jumping over the guardrail. But anyway, I'm not convinced that it was the Loveland Frogman, but it was the Loveland Frogman. It was the Loveland Frogman. (laughs) So my buddy Mike gave me a gift. He thought we should cover the cryptids of West Virginia.
1: Uh, all right. nah, <laughs> Just fucking with you. I love it. Lay it on me, brother.
0: We should probably start with the most famous, uh, maybe infamous, of all of West Virginia's cryptids, The Mothman. I said The Mothman was the most famous because it's the subject of a major disappointment of a major movie called The Mothman Prophecies, starring Richard Deere. And it was based on a 1975 book by John Keel that was really mediocre. But we covered this pretty well in a different podcast, didn't we, Jim?
1: Yeah, I included it in the Ohio Cryptids episode. It kind of spans the boundaries of both Ohio and West Virginia. First seen by the gravedigger, then the necking teens at the TNT plant clear up to the collapse of the silver bridge he's ohio and west virginia bred
0: he is absolutely and it's cool though because as a cryptid uh the town of point pleasant has embraced it right yeah they have yeah the first mothman festival was in 2002 it's been ongoing ever since average attendance for mothman is around ten thousand people a year so clearly it's a good time and uh i think everybody listening should reserve the third weekend of every september to attend this festival Oh, the best thing is a twelve-foot-tall statue of the creature was unveiled in two thousand and one.
1: Yeah, you need to see pictures of this thing. I have that like pewter-looking thing with the ruby-red eyes.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's 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 not. Uh, I guess it's an artist's
1: interpretation.
0: In two thousand and five, they have a Mothman Museum and Research Center that opened. Did you know they have additional well-documented Mothman sightings recently in areas around Lake Michigan? On October 28th of 2019, NPR station WBEZ reported, the Chicago region has been experiencing a collective case of the heebie-jeebies in recent years, ever since reports of a giant flying winged humanoid began surfacing in 2011.
1: Yeah, he's seen all around now, it seems. Uh, Chicago came to mind first, and there was a fairly recent sighting in Russia, I believe, I know I've heard of other places, but I can't think of them on the spot.
0: Yeah, these reports are continuing. It's an easy Google search that shows they've been continuing, even even in the year 2020.
1: Thank God for Google.
0: But O'Hare International Airport has been the epicenter of recent winged humanoid sightings. In the Lake Michigan Mothman investigation, with over a dozen sighting reports coming from the airport itself since August of 2019, so dozens and many more reported in the surrounding communities. Reports from the larger investigation have come from every state bordering Lake Michigan and date clear back to 1957.
1: Wow, that's uh, pre-Silver Bridge. My favorite comes from
0: Manuel Navarette of the UFO Clearinghouse. He said he received a report recently from a woman who worked at O'Hare. And there's a lot of text in this report and stuff, so I'm going to skip ahead to just the good parts. Hey, Jim, read this for me.
1: I continued walking toward my car when I heard the screech again, and it sounded like it was coming from behind me. I turned and looked toward the trees over by the road and saw what looked like two red eyes looking right at me. I sat there looking at those eyes for what seemed an eternity. I couldn't move, and it felt like the air was being sucked out of my lungs, almost like I was having an asthma attack. I saw this thing emerge from around the trees. It was illuminated from behind by the warehouses that were across the road, and it must have been seven to eight feet tall and was black. About this time, a large truck was coming down the road, and it shot into the air and was gone in a matter of a second. I stood there a few seconds, still too afraid to move. When I finally came to my senses, I practically sprinted for my car. I cannot get into my car fast enough, and as I closed the door, I heard the screech again. I turned on my car and left as quickly as I could. I am not one for over-exaggerations, but I felt almost as if I was being stalked. I felt sick to my stomach for two to three days after that encounter, and it took just as long for the feelings of paranoia to finally go away. It was the feeling of utter and complete hopelessness that disturbed me the most and it helped contribute to my hesitancy of telling someone. I didn't even tell my boyfriend of this until after I decided to send this to you. And just remember, I am not one for over-exaggerations.
0: So that was an actual, it was the actual text of the testimony of this lady to the airport authority trying to say what happened to her. I mean, I picked, I cherry-picked this one because it was the best.
1: Yeah, wow. Yeah, it was fun.
0: But it's a fun report, man. That, that sounds like something that scared her.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: The West Virginia also has its own rich history of other, less famous cryptids, with some being reported about as far back as the 1700s, which is prior to the time West Virginia became its own state. I'll start with a creature called the Agua. You ever heard of an agua, Jim?
1: No, just the old-timey horns. Oh, yeah. <laughs> A river monster is said to live
0: in the rivers around the northern panhandle of the state. Its legend originated with the Native Americans who inhabited the land before the colonists pushed them out. It was said there were many aguas living in this area and in the nearby Allegheny, Monongahela, and Ohio rivers. But the Agua is a serpentine creature said to reach a size of about 500 pounds. It's reddish-brown in color. It has deadly, razor-sharp teeth. And, you know, just to make it more scary, it's also amphibious.
1: Oh, great. So just getting out of the water ain't going to save your ass.
0: Exactly. And the monster is said to dwell in the river during the day. But at night, it comes onto land where it stalks its prey. Reportedly, the Agua hunts deer. It lies along game paths and thrashes an unsuspecting deer with its tail and pulls it into the water where it devours the helpless animal. And before you think it's all made up, the West Virginia University Manuscript Collection houses a letter written by a young man to his parents. In the late 1870s, he was staying at Fort Heimar, which was built to protect the new settlement at Marietta. In this letter, he says,
1: There is an animal in this country which excites the imagination of all who have had the opportunity to view it. Being amphibious, it resides in the water during the daytime, but at night repairs to the land in quest of its prey, which are deer. They lie in the deer paths, undiscovered, behind an old stump, until the deer, unaware of its enemy, passes over him. This creature immediately seizes him and entangling him in its tail, which is 15 feet in length and notwithstanding all the deer's exertions to free itself, draws him into the water, where he drowns and devours him. Some of our men lately discovered one of the formidable creatures early in the morning with its prey, of which they informed some of the company who were nigh. They soon came up with him and killed the beast with clubs. The monster weighed 444 pounds. They lurk in deep underwater caves with no bottom and their head resembles a giant turtle. Woe to any man who chances upon one of these formidable predators unarmed. The Indians call them Aguas.
0: A rash of Aguas sightings took place in the early 1980s. That's the 1980s, Jim. 1980s. Yeah, that's not that long ago. The Fairmont Times reported on a number of sightings that occurred at the area in their May 15, 1983 issue. According to the report, Something that was at least 20 feet long and reddish-brown in color had frightened quite a few local fishermen. The creature was said to have a mouth lined with razor-sharp teeth and a long, flat tail that whipped the water into foam.
1: Yeah. You know, I tried and tried to get that article, Mm -hmm. and people kept passing it off and passing it off, and the last guy it was passed off to just sat on it, evidently, because I never heard back from him. I hate that. Yeah. Did you ever hear of a Snarly Yow? <laughs> no.
0: It's <laughs> a great name, isn't it? <laughs> it? Sounds like something out of a Hanna-Barbera cartoon, doesn't it? Yeah. But the Snarly Yow is a phantom dog known to haunt Maryland and the eastern panhandle of West Virginia. It's jet black in color with a fierce red mouth, large paws, and glowing eyes. The dog-like apparition is known as the Snarly Yow named after a legend that originated in Wales century ago.
1: You know, phantom dogs just fuck with me. I love dogs. As I mentioned before, we currently have two Airedales. But the thought of a phantasmal canine roaming around in the dark gives me the willies.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I don't, I don't need any part of a phantasm. During the early 1900s, many people in this area around the Maryland Eastern Panhandle region of the country, reported seeing a massive black dog with a red mouth. The beast often confronted the travelers and then quickly disappeared. Curiously, the creature never harmed anyone. It did, however, put a scare into anybody that saw it. There is a Civil War historical marker in Boonesboro, Maryland, with a sidebar briefly recounting an encounter with the Snarly yow
1: no way yeah read it go ahead beware of the snarly yowl legend has it that the shadow of a black dog used to prowl the heights of south mountain one night a huntsman famous as a sure shot encountered the beast he aimed and fired his rifle the shot went right through the animal with no effect he fired again and again each shot passing through the shadowy beast Finally, overcome with dread, the huntsman fled. So, after the rash of sightings in the early 20th century,
0: eh, the Snarly Yow seems to have faded into obscurity. But this would not last. The legend was resurrected in the 1970s when more sightings of the creature began anew. During the new round of Snarly Yow encounters, motorists began reporting a dog that would suddenly appear in front of their cars. In 1976, A Frederick County, Maryland couple reported hitting a large bluish-black dog with glowing eyes. When they stopped to investigate, it had vanished without a trace. This seems to be a recurring theme with the snarly Yow. Other motorists have hit the creature after it materialized in front of their car, only to have their car pass through it.
1: And then they see the creature standing in the road behind them. That's creepy, because at some point, As you drive through it, the dog is inside the car with you. What then? Exactly. And you kind of like share that same space, right? Right. That's nasty.
0: But if the Snarly owl does exist, and there seems to be enough history behind the legend to suggest that something's going on.
1: Well, they put it on that marker. They did.
0: And so, I mean, it seems credible. It most certainly is an apparition rather than a flesh and blood animal. The creature seems to lack any physical properties. Some witnesses have seen the phantom dog pass through fences. Similarly, in the 1970s, a person who became startled by the appearance of the creature began throwing rocks and sticks at it, all of which passed right through its body. The creature glared at its attacker and snarled before disappearing into the brush.
1: I tell you what, it would only take one rock to pass through the creature. Before my ass was out of there.
0: <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You keep throwing.
1: Pretty freaking scary, man.
0: Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't. I don't want to see the snarly owl. I've decided. Here's another one, and this one's kind of weird. So, Jim, what has the head of an alligator, the beak of a bird,
1: and a twenty-five
0: foot wingspan? My penis. Um, no. The actual answer to the riddle is a Snallygaster, and it's as strange as its name suggests. This scary abomination dates all the way back to the 1730s, when German settlers would share stories about this beast attacking others. They named the creature Schnellergeist, which means quick spirit.
1: Yeah, once again, my penis.
0: Over time, the German Schnellergeist became the West Virginian Snaligaster.
1: You know, I've always heard of the Staloster roaming around Maryland. I didn't know that he skulked around West Virginia, too. He has wider uh, boundaries than I thought.
0: Yeah, he doesn't know about the state lines and you know he just wanders. Described as a half-reptile half bird with razor-sharp teeth contained in a metal beak. metal. The snagaster was rumored to swoop silently from the sky to pick up and carry off its victims. If that weren't enough, it would then suck all the blood out of them and leave the empty husk to be found by anyone unlucky enough to happen upon
1: it. A lot like a uh, chupacabra.
0: Kinda, yeah. Newspaper accounts throughout February and March 1909 describe encounters between local residents and a beast with, quote, enormous wings, a long pointed tail, Claws like steel hooks and an eye in the center of its forehead. It was described as making screeches, quote, like a locomotive whistle. Now check this out. This was throughout the newspapers and things of the time. And President Theodore Roosevelt, a known badass of a man, considered postponing an African safari so he could hunt and kill this beast instead.
1: <laughs> man, old Teddy R was in the cryptids up to the eyeballs. Unfortunately, though, the Snagaster didn't it eventually turn out to be a hoax perpetrated by some newspaper guys? They were, you know, making up shit to sell more newspapers.
0: It, it was disappointing to learn, though, that, yeah, they were trying to drum up business for the newspaper.
1: Yeah, dirty dogs. Ah, Snallygaster, we hardly knew you. R.I.P. in peace. Right, Rodney?
0: Is Raji here?
1: Yeah, but she'll get that joke. It's a coffee thing.
0: Oh, okay. A lot of cryptids, at least West Virginia cryptids anyway, seem to be named on the area they're spotted in. And this one is no different. The Flatwoods monster was observed by a group of people on the top of a hill near Flatwoods, West Virginia.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know this one too. Proceed with the story.
0: Well, in the evening of September 12th, 1952, a group of boys saw a large bright object cross the sky and land on the property of a local farmer. Well, they did what any group of boys does, right? They ran home tell somebody about it. And telling their tale, a group gathers and went with them to investigate.
1: That's weird. We probably would have run and checked out to see what it was. And, And what's even weirder is that they went and found an adult who believed them and went to check it out with them. It's
0: weird. I think maybe they had one of the little kids with them, and um, he's probably the one that wanted to run home and tell. In the group of people who went to investigate was a guy named Eugene Lemon, a West Virginia National Guardsman. The group reached the top of the hill where they found a pulsing red light. Now, being the only adult, he's the one that gets talked to, right? And Lemon says he aimed a flashlight in that direction and momentarily saw a tall man-like figure with a round red face surrounded by a pointed hood-like shape. One of the group members described the figure as having small, claw-like hands, clothing-like folds, and a head that resembled the Ace of Spades.
1: That's fucking Orko from Masters of the Universe, man.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is, isn't it? But according to the story, when the figure made hissing sounds and started gliding toward the group, Lemon screamed and dropped his flashlight, causing the group to run away. Later, the group became nauseous and said they had smelled a pungent
1: mist. The local sheriff and his deputy had been investigating reports of a crashed aircraft in the area. So other people must have seen the same light and went on to report it to authorities. They searched the site of the reported monster, but, quote, saw, heard, and smelled nothing. The next day, A. Lee Stewart Jr. of the Braxton Democrat discovered skid marks in the field, as well as in Eugene Lemon's underwear, one would uh, guess, and an odd gummy deposit, which, truth be told, was probably also found in Eugene's underwear. Both the skid marks and the deposit were subsequently attributed by UFO enthusiast groups as evidence of a saucer landing.
0: It got a lot of press, too, didn't it?
1: Yes, it did. The former news editor, Holt Byrne, said newspaper stories were carried throughout the country. Radio broadcasts were carried on large networks and hundreds of phone calls were received from all parts of the country. It was rated as the number 11 story of the year. Good, but not that good.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, 1952 was a busy news year, but uh, that is really pretty big. You know, Uh, my favorite part, though, it's been featured in several video games. One of the Zelda games, Majora's Mask, has it in it, and they call that creature a, quote, ghost. It's pretty scary for the approximately 100 polygons it got given. And also in the game Fallout 76, which takes place in a post-nuclear holocaust, West Virginia. It made me happy to find that out. And uh, anyway, we should probably take a break now. You ready to talk about Anchor FM?
1: Let me at it.
0: Okay, welcome back, everybody. Uh, Another of the geographically named cryptids is the Grafton Monster. Grafton is the county seat of Taylor County, West Virginia. It's a population of around 5,000 people.
1: Grafton was also the first place to celebrate Mother's Day on May 10th, 1908. The International Mother's Day Shrine is there. Grafton was among the first to observe Memorial Day, too. Wow. For such a small town, it seems
0: like they had a really outsized impact on the United States. On June 16th of 1965, while driving home late at night from work, local reporter, Robert Cockrell made one of the first sightings of the Beast of Grafton. He described it as seven to nine feet tall, four feet wide, covered in a slick, white, seal-like skin. It's hairless. He and his buddies went back to the location with flashlights and found nothing. A few days later, he wrote a short article for the newspaper he worked for, and suddenly all kinds of people come forward with their own accounts.
1: It also spawned a bunch of monster hunters, too. The town was crawling with reporters and hunters and all sorts of wackadoodles, all interested in getting to the bottom of the matter.
0: Probably a good thing Teddy Roosevelt was dead.
1: Yeah. With all the sudden attention, police would launch their own investigation and find no evidence at all of such a beast. They concluded, overactive imagination or a prank. But maybe they just put this out in an effort to limit the number of people swarming the area.
0: I think a lot of that happens, right? We know Project Blue Book was there to discount everything, not really investigate shit. It was all just to say it was, oh, it was nothing to see here. It was swamp gas. I wonder how many times this actually happens in these investigations. That they just decide, oh, hell no, we're not telling anybody about this. Mr. Grafton was a bit miffed that no one believed his account of the encounter right? He's, he's a reporter. He's telling the truth as far as he knows. And he reached out to a paranormal investigator named Gray Barker. Gray Barker performs his own investigation and concludes that Cockrell's telling the truth and that many people reported sightings of this creature before Cockrell, but that many of these encounters had nearby UFO sightings.
1: Here's one of the eyewitness accounts. I have seen the creature called the Grafton monster, several times when I was a young man, and it is very real. My first encounter, I was with my father cutting wood. We had finished and were loading the truck when our two dogs started barking. We stood there and listened, and something was walking, getting closer. My dad told me to get the gun from the cab. He always carried a double barrel 10-gauge with double lot buckshot. Whatever it was had picked up its pace and continued towards us. All we knew for sure was it was big, and it wasn't scared of us, the dogs, or the chainsaws. It stopped about 50-55 yards from us in the trees and went quiet. My dad pulled both hammers back and stood in front of me and told me to be ready. The next thing that happened, I'll never forget. It stepped out, looked at us, took three strides in our direction turned, and walked back into the tree line. That was my first sighting of the beast, and I'll never forget it. My second encounter was about two months later at night, fishing alone. I spotted him on the opposite bank, and I got the hell out of the area.
0: Another unnamed person said, I saw the monster near the river early in the morning. It saw me and instantly froze. I didn't move. I was fishing at the time, and I left all my gear there, And I started to run away. As I ran, I turned and saw that it too turned away and started running off. As I got near my truck and began opening the door, I heard a whooshing sound and a bright light appear above the tree line. I drove off and got my gear two days later. (laughs) So Barker became convinced of a link between UFOs and the creature. He wrote an article about it that mysteriously was never published. Years later, Cockrell recanted the story despite the fact that he was adamant that it was all true and that he knew what he had seen is the reason that article was never published and cockerel recanted because of a visit by men in black was the government involved in a cover-up
1: yes and yes
0: and it's always that way isn't it yes keep your damn mouth shut in the southwestern part of the state we find a cryptid called sheep squatch That's the lack of imagination on the part (laughs) of the people, I think. But it's also called The White Thing.
1: Which is scarier in my book.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, they're trying to get attention with the Squatch part on there, but it just sounds stupid when you stick sheep in front of it. But it's about the size of a bear with entirely white wool-like fur. It has a dog-shaped head with large teeth and a set of horns like a sheep or a goat. You know, the the spinny kind? Mm -hmm. Its front legs have raccoon-like hands and it's a long hairless tail is like a rat or a possum it's also reported to be stinky in 1994 a former navy seaman reported seeing sheep squatch as it walked through the forest the creature bent and knelt to drink from a creek for a few minutes and then it continued on its way later that year some children also saw it when playing in their yard in boone county they saw it stand up and walk on its hind legs much like a bear does when the creature spotted the children it fled
1: The following year, a couple driving through Boone County observed a large white beast sitting in the ditch alongside the roadway. They described the same large, white, bear-like creature, but they said it had four eyes. Is it
0: wearing glasses?
1: It must have been. Instead of running off, as in earlier encounters, it attacked their car. The couple sped away, and when they arrived home, they noticed scratches on the side of their car. Well, in
0: 1999, some campers heard an animal making noises that sounded to them like an aggressive bear. Suddenly, the sheep squatch bursts out of the darkness at them. They jumped up and flee into their house while being chased by the snarling sheep squatch. They get safely inside, and the white thing stops at the edge of the forest and let out quote a terrible scream. Then it turned around and headed back into the woods. Returning to the site the next day, the campers said it looked, quote, like somebody had tilled it up for gardening.
1: Well, even more recently, in 2015, six unnamed campers in the mountains of Virginia reported seeing it one night. They saw a creature that was eight to nine feet tall. One of the campers first saw the beast crouching at the top of the nearby hill. Then it stood up and the camper yelled for the other guys. Now aware of the camper, it started running down the steep hill towards it. They felt safe, though, because the creature was on the other side of the river. That feeling changed to one of horror, though, when they saw it wading across the river. It crossed, and they reported it looked like a bipedal dog with its fur wet from the crossing. Suddenly, out of nowhere, they heard a loud shrieking noise in the distance. The Sheep Squatch's reaction was surprising. They said it looked up in fear, whimpered, and ran off away from the source of the sound. Deciding it was time to get the fuck out of Dodge, the campers quickly packed and left. On the way out of the camp area, they reported what happened to some locals. They avoided telling the authorities because they didn't want to be ridiculed.
0: I understand that, but this is another cool cryptid to be featured in that Fallout 76 video game. In the game, it has highly acidic urine. Uh, Do with that fact what you will.
1: Would that come in handy?
0: It would, wouldn't it? But we're on now to the one of the weirder cryptids I've ever heard of. Did you ever hear of the vegetable man? Reportedly, in 1968, in the woods near Fairmont, West Virginia, a guy named Jennings Frederick was bow hunting when he heard a strange, high-pitched, screeching jabbering noise. He later said that it reminded him of a record player running faster than it was supposed to. Curious, he follows the sound into the woods and found a seven foot tall pale green creature. It seemed to be weak or sickly. The being was very tall, let's say seven feet, with a very thin humanoid body, almost like a stick. Its head was oblong and it had wide ears that resembled leaves. It also had whiskers and two bulbous eyes that flashed red and yellow. Its arms ended in three fingers with suction cups tipped with thorns. It stood on legs that had toes that wriggled and looked like roots. When the creature noticed Mr. Frederick, it spoke to him telepathically as it has no mouth. It said,
1: You need not fear me. I wish to communicate. I come as a friend. We know of you all. I come in peace. I wish medical assistance. I need your help.
0: It suddenly then jumps onto Mr. Frederick and used its thorns to pierce his skin. It stared into his eyes, and he felt himself becoming mesmerized by the entity's flashing eyes. He said later that he could feel his blood being drained through the thorns. After a minute or two, the creature releases him and ran back into the forest. Dazed and dizzy from the encounter, Mr. Frederick did not pursue the creature. In the distance, though, he heard a humming sound that he believed to be the creature's UFO.
1: Just a carrot-picking minute here. Seven feet tall, thorns, toes like roots. I think Mr. Frederick Dunn watched The Thing one too many times. The Thing was an extraterrestrial, anthropomorphic, plant life form that gains sustenance by draining the blood from its victims. And if you look at any of the stills of the creature, you'll see that it has thorns on its knuckles and its talons also kind of look like thorns. Although that this was near Fairmont, West Virginia, where the Agua was seen in 1983.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure if I have a lot of credibility for this one or not, but
1: yeah, it's just too spot on for for the thing. You know, I I I yeah, I'm sorry, but
0: it's also pretty convenient that it jumps into a UFO and flies away at the end.
1: Yeah. I I, I hate to do it, but I'm gonna I this one I'm I'm BSing.
0: You just call it a BS? Yep. maybe he was smoking some dope or something while he was bow hunting. I don't know. My personal favorite West Virginia encrypted. This is my all time favorite cryptid ever is the world-famous Bat Boy, described as a short, skinny creature having large, saucer-like eyes, a mouth filled with razor-sharp teeth, and large, pointed ears, which is probably where the name Bat Boy comes from. But the story of Bat Boy broke June 23, 1992 in the now-defunct supermarket tabloid known as the Weekly World News, which I used to buy religiously.
1: RIP in peace.
0: Oh, man, that thing was fun to read. I loved it. On the front page was a headline reading, Bat Child in Cave. According to the story, quote, boy captured by explorers two miles underground. His giant eyes see in the dark and his ears are better than radar. His mother, a human woman named Susan Boy, said he was fathered by an unidentified bat-like creature. Due to perpetually living underground, he never went to school or had a playmate.
1: Ah, I got to call bullshit again. The World Weekly News, much as I loved it, had reached its height of credibility when it ran the story I Was Bigfoot's Love Slave, which I had pasted on my door down at OU. Yes, I remember that. But then when it started... Peddling the nonsense about the Bat Boy. That was the beginning of the end.
0: Oh, Jim, don't harsh my mellow man. He has to be real. There are photographs of him.
1: There are a lot of photographs of a lot of things, but that doesn't make them real.
0: Well, in 1992, the Weekly World News claimed that Lost World Caverns was the home of Bat Boy. And this is a real place. You can check on the web and they'll tell you he was found there.
1: Well, I can't argue that. It is a real place. Let's give him a plug. Lost World Caverns, 907 Lost World Road, Lewisburg, West Virginia. I do have to admit, I did not realize Bat Boy hailed from West Virginia. Nor did I know that Boy was his surname. I thought it merely served as a descriptor of his age or was an affectionate term.
0: Well, in this instance, let's agree to disagree. I love Bat Boy. So, Jim, what do you think?
1: West Virginia, almost heaven and a little bit of hell, it seems. Personally, I always liked West Virginia. Did you know the drinking age there from 1972 to 1983 for all types of alcohol, mind you, was 18? Then it was raised to 19 for residents and 21 for non-residents from 83 to 86. And now, just like everywhere else, it's 21 for everyone.
0: Yes, I did because I went to high school in West Virginia and turning 18 was very handy. Yes, it was.
1: I can recall riding along with my brother and a couple of his high school buddies back in, it must have been 78 or 79, and purchasing some booze down there. Must have been 79 because he wouldn't have been 18 until December of that year. And I'm sure he wouldn't have tried to purchase alcohol while underage. Man, I miss the good old days. I
0: really do, too. I really do, too. That was a good time. I got exceptionally drunk one time. Um, I think it was my might have been my 20th birthday on a bottle of Jack Daniels I bought and nobody would drink it with me. So I drank the whole thing and then proceeded to heave all over the back of a buddy's car all over his shoulders all over the inside the car oh yeah oh yeah projectile vomiting (sighs) over his back randy i am so sorry and embarrassed to this day so my apologies
1: next time randy help a buddy drink the bottle of jack daniels
0: exactly we'll have much fewer side effects then i really do like some of the stories about these cryptids even if even if these are hard to believe right Vegetable man? Come on. And I know, I know Bat Boy's not all that real, but I still love it. You know, I still love all of this stuff.
1: Yeah, well, as far as Vegetable Man's concerned, everyone finds vegetables hard to swallow.
0: What do you think about is co-written by John Gordos and Jim Dumermuth. Our theme music is provided by PodSummit.com. Thank you to you, our listeners. Please take the time to rate our podcast on your favorite listening platform. Drop us a line at wdouta at gmail.com, or message us via our Facebook page, anchor.fm forward slash wdouta, where you can also find periodic updates on releases. Copyright 2021 by John Bordos and Jim DuBois.
1: You know, not too many people know this about me, but I do originally hail from West Vagina. But that's an entirely different place altogether.
0: It was said there were many Aguas living in the. Now you got me doing it. It was said there were many Agu, Aguas living in this area. The Indians call them Aguas.
1: So you want to tell me I'm going to have to change all this to Agua? Well, how did you say it? Agua. Agua. The Indians call them Aguas. I think Aguas might be better. Fuck. I don't know. This creature
0: was said to have a mouth lined with razor-sharp teeth and a long, flat tail that it whipped the water. <coughs> I'm, gonna, I'm,
1: gonna, I'm gonna. a nominant.
0: Creature. Yeah.